Hello and welcome to today's episode. Today I am here with Dr. Donna Marks and we're going to be talking all about her new release book, The Healing Moment. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you on your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the author of The Chair Yoga Pocket Guide. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today's guest is Dr. Donna Marks, and she has been a licensed psychotherapist and addictions counselor in Palm Beach, Florida for over 30 years. In 1989, Dr. Marks developed a chemical dependency training program at Palm Beach Community College, which has grown into a four-year degree and received the Florida Governor's Council Award. She's also a certified gestalt therapist, psychoanalyst, hypnotist, sex therapist, and teaches a course in miracles. Along with sharing her methods with hundreds of thousands of listeners on podcasts and radio shows. Welcome to the podcast, Donna. So happy to have you here. I'm delighted to be on your show. Thank you for having me. And all the wonderful things you're doing for teach people how to care and love for themselves. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I think um, self-care has just, you know, it gets put to the wayside and a lot of people think self-care is selfish or, you know, um, something that should come after everybody else's needs are met. And I don't feel that's the case. I feel if we aren't filled up, if our cup isn't full, how on earth can we help others? You know, whether it's our spouse or our children or our coworkers or whoever that might be. So First thing they teach on the plane, put your oxygen (laughs) mask on on first. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, we can't, one of the things I talk about in my books is, you know, you, no one can really love you more than you love yourself and you can't love anybody else more than you love yourself. So yes, that self-care has to begin with the individual and learning how to do that in a healthy way. We've confused, you know, sometimes people think I'm taking care of myself, you know, because I'm drinking or I'm you know, on the internet or whatever, and uh, are shopping, you know, so many different yes. forms of addiction. Yeah, uh, but really taking care of ourselves is doing something that is really good for the body, mind and soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think during COVID in 2020, I had a bit of a shopping addiction going on. <laughs> well, and Amazon Facebook, went way up. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and Facebook is so good about matching ads to what you like and it'd be like oh that's cute click buy add the cart you know right right yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah and so you spent many years creating uh, a chemical dependency training program as well which I think is so beautiful um I had a guest on oh I think it was last year um her podcast is called from junkie to judge um, and she shares her story of, of, she was a drug addict and she managed to get her way out of that. And she is now a judge, um, which I think is such a fabulous story. Cause we always think, you know, drug addicts can never, you know, 
get anywhere. And it's simply not true. They just need the right tools. And so I'm happy to see that you also put a program in place for that. Yes, that was part of when I was getting my doctorate degree, because I realized from being a therapist and also struggling with addiction and being raised in a family with addiction, that I had gone to a lot of therapy and no one ever even addressed that issue. And it's still a problem. You know, I believe that addiction is the number one health issue. Why? Because it's alcohol, drugs, sugar, trans fats, cigarettes. These are the things that are causing the illnesses that are killing people. Yeah. Stroke, heart disease, cancer, diabetes too. And it's when someone has become addicted that they don't even know they're addicted. The doctors don't recognize it as addiction. They just think we have bad habits. And yet when you're destroying your body and your organs, it goes beyond having a bad habit, wouldn't you think? um, I, I really believe that. And then almost all dysfunctional families, there's a substance abuse problem or some type of addiction. It could be a sex addiction or gambling addiction or whatever. And so we're raising children in these types of environments that promote addiction going forward from gener- one generation to the next. Uh, mm-hmm. Crime rate, we all, we all know that, you know, it's heavily related to addiction. So, you know, my goal is to really bring this awareness uh, and, and enlightenment to people, uh, help it, you know, people are kind of disconnected from, from the truth about it. They don't see themselves as having a problem, other people do. And mm-hmm. I did that myself. And had I been to some therapists that understood it and could have right. helped me to understand it, could have saved myself a lot of pain and grief. But nevertheless, you know, uh, I, I do believe that uh, addiction is a blessing in disguise and that people can convert that addiction through love into helping others like the judge did. She was mm-hmm. very informed of laws. You know, people who are People who are at the effect of them know how they work, and they also know how the the minds of the criminal work. So, you know, that's a beautiful thing when someone can take all the thing that caused them pain and suffering and convert that into a career. And that's one of the things I teach people to do when I'm working with them. Mm. You know, I just recently saw, I believe it was 60 Minutes, um, but they talked about obesity and how the medical community, the traditional medical community, um, just labels it, you know, obesity and you're overeating and they don't address it in any other way. They don't give you any tools. They just give you like a diet plan to follow, which if diets work, we wouldn't have obesity. (laughs) Right. Yeah. This is really, this, this is to me is a a huge sham on the um, world, not just not just in America, on the whole world. Uh, you know, if you don't call it what it is, how can you properly treat it? Even the diagnostic manuals don't address, the, don't use the word addiction. It's a substance use disorder or a this disorder or that disorder. And what do you do with disorders? You give, you treat them medically, you treat them with pills. So what we're doing now is treating addiction mm-hmm. with addiction. Uh, you know, it's, it's so much more comfortable having oh, a disorder. Yes. You don't have a disorder. What really, I, I have an addiction. I have a lot of them. Of course, in my book, I say there's just one, you know, but um, it's that invisible hole that we're all trying to fill. You know, something's missing and I keep trying to fill it with this, that, and the other. But really, until we understand, it's okay. It's not your fault. You have one. I mean, things are made to get you addicted. <laughs> it's designed that way. And so it's nobody's fault that it happens. 
but we want to take back ownership of our minds and our bodies. And that's what I teach people to do. The book, mm-hmm. The Healing Moment, kind of was an extension of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there. I mean, okay, I, I stopped drinking alcohol in 2015. I had a traumatic brain injury in 2014. And one day I was like, wait a minute, alcohol is a neurotoxin. Why am I drinking this when I'm trying to heal an injury in my brain? Um, and so I just quit drinking cold turkey didn't, you know, didn't phase me really. And I haven't drank since 2015. So what is that? Eight years. Um, and I don't miss it. I don't miss it at all. And there's so many other things out there I can, you know, make for a mocktail. Um, but when you stop drinking, you realize how big drinking is a problem in America and friends that are close to me. Uh, I, I watch them and I'm like, do you really need three glasses of wine every night before bed? Like, wow. And I mean, that was me. That was me before. And, you know, we don't realize that it's an addiction. We don't realize that we have a problem. So Donna, like, what are some ways to even acknowledge ourselves that we have a problem? Well, you know, first of all, I want to commend you. I've worked with several people who have neurological disorders or some type of um, nerve affected disorder and they drink. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you really do you not understand that that right. would probably qualify you as having an addiction because an addiction is something that you continue to do despite negative consequences. And if your whole um, uh, neurochemistry uh, is affected, and then you're putting a chemical in your brain or in your central nervous system that is going to affect it. Why would you do that? You know, that just makes no sense at all. So thank God you had that healing moment. And that's what it was, that mm-hmm. awareness of like, why am I doing this? And I need to stop. And then you begin to have those very profound awarenesses of how powerful the drug alcohol is and how it affects you. And the more clear you get and the more your brain heals from not having it, the better things go. So uh, really people can begin to just ask themselves the question, do I really need this? And why is it so hard for me to stop? Or have I stopped and started many times? That's another indication. I mean, the easy thing is to stop, but to stay stopped. If you can't stay stopped and you keep going back to it, that's that little addiction in there, putting the bait out to you and reeling you in again and again and again. And it's it, it, if you're not consciously aware of what's going on, it's so easy because we're flooded constantly with signs, with ads, with, with social yeah. events, and it's all perfectly normal, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, they, they, they stopped doing that with cigarettes, but alcohol, just as deadly and just as fatal and just as harmful to people's health, is still perfectly acceptable. Yeah. And it's, you know, alcohol is the drug that you have to justify not using. I know people, when I first stopped drinking, they look at me and like, really? You're, what? Are you sure you don't want to drink? And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Um, even family members have said, 
oh, come on, it tastes so good. And I'm like, but does it? I don't think alcohol actually tastes good. Alco- I think alcohol doesn't taste good. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't taste tell good. Ourselves. None of it tastes good. That's why we douse it in fruit juice and everything else <laughs> to disguise the flavor. Um, no, it doesn't taste good. No more than yucky cigarette tastes good, but I sure couldn't wait to get the next one from age 12 on. It's because of the hit that you get in the brain. That's what feels good. So we'll tolerate any type of abuse to get that hit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Donna, okay. So someone listening, that's like, okay, maybe I do have a problem with X, Y, Z, whatever it might be. Um, You know what? I mean, the first, I have to think the first step is, is acknowledging it. Um, and then, then what, who, who do you look for? Who do you reach out to? Well, in both of my books, um, the exit, the maze, one addiction, one cause, one solution. There's a, a complete outline for what someone could do, including, um, on my website, I have a self-evaluation questionnaire. Um, but there's so much help available. And I, in my opinion, the best help in just stopping an addiction is the free help offered through all the different kinds of support groups. There's 12-step groups, there's smart recovery, there's online or in-person. Um, but you could you could actually read the book and know how to stop, how to deal with maybe the um, underlying pain that keeps you going back. Um, also, you can uh, do the exercises at the end of each chapter. On my books, I have built-in workbooks mm-hmm. So that that's a real good beginning. And maybe it's too much for some people to say, you know, I just don't think I have an addiction. You know, I get up and go to work every day like I did. Yeah, I'm highly functioning. Right. I'm, you know, I make good money and I, I'm successful. This just isn't me. Because people have uh, the notion that the addict is a person out there in the homeless camp or staggering right. down the street and completely out of it. And most addicts are highly functioning members of society with jobs and careers and families. Um, it could be an, an eating addiction. It, it could be a spending addiction. It could be gambling and all these things that, you know, are more socially acceptable. And we don't really, like you just said, it's obesity. It's not addiction. <laughs> so we can really say, and this is where I invite people to have a healing moment. What, you know, what's really going on here with me? Uh, do I have the life that I want? Am I happy? Am I fulfilled? And if not, chances are that something has interfered with that. It could be old pain that needs to be resolved. And, and, and probably if there is old pain that needs to be resolved, it's getting covered up with escape in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that, that trapped emotional baggage or trauma, past trauma that's happened to us. And sometimes we don't even remember it. Um, but the body does. And, you know, I think learning how that whole self-love piece, right? Learning to love yourself. And if you are in an addiction cycle, it's really hard to love yourself. And, you know, acknowledging, like I said, just acknowledging that you are in some sort of addiction cycle and it's okay. Right. Like, like giving yourself permission to acknowledge it and know that it's okay, that there's help, 
that that you can get through this because I think sometimes it feels very isolating. You don't want anyone to know you have a problem, especially alcohol, right? Like there's such a social stigma around alcohol. Um, you go to a party, you go to some sort of celebration, and there's usually drinks involved, right? Um, and I forgot where I was going with that, <laughs> but um, the, the self care, the self love component of it. Um, well, we confuse, we confuse, um, we don't really understand love. When, you know, I love um, our martinis, you know, yeah, I love yeah. this new dress. I love, you know, winning money at the track. Or, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I love chocolate pie. I mean, whatever the case may be. Well, no, you don't love that. You love the feeling that it's giving yes. you. That's what you love. So people are confusing that feeling of being high with love and they are so far apart. It's not even funny because when you start to love yourself and give yourself your, your body, your mind and your soul, what, what it really longs for, which is good self care, human connection, spiritual fulfillment. And I'm not talking about going to church. I'm talking about filling your soul with whatever fills it. For some people, it's music. For some people, it's meditation. For some people, it's yoga. You know, but it's that total package of really, you know, learning how to fuel your body and the way it was designed to be fueled with the kind of food and to be a social person who allows people to love you and care about you and you love and care about. And all of this is, you know, something that people really didn't get growing up and don't know how to do. And once we learn how to do that. And I, when I'm working with my patients, I teach them. Uh, sometimes they just don't get it for months. You know, like, I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> and as things go on and they, you know, they learn self-care and the total mind, body, spirit way, they do begin to wake up and feeling happy, go to sleep at night, feeling peaceful. And they totally shift and transform. And they're like, oh my God, this is what I'm supposed to feel like my whole life. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is it. Uh, but we have to break through a lot of those clouds and a lot of that density because it's uncomfortable. You know, it's uncomfortable to change. Mm, but definitely. That's, that's the key. That's the key of replacing uh, unhealthy behavior with loving behavior. And the change just happens. And it's effortless. It's effortless. It's just like I say, you know, stopping these behaviors is like, you know, breaking up with any bad uh, relationship. Once you're over that initial grieving period, you're so glad it's done. And you're even saying thank you to the person. You gave me an opportunity to grow and I took it and, you know, bless you and set you free kind of thing. But you have no desire to keep going back to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just that whole like giving yourself permission to love yourself. Right. And and to let go of whatever that addiction is, whatever that bad habit might be. Um, I think that can be the scariest part for some people. Yes, yes. It, it, it's always scary because the addiction in your mind says, uh, oh, you're going to be miserable. I'm going to make sure you're miserable. You, you won't be happy without me. Uh, no one will treat you better than me, you know, all those things. And so when that tape is playing in the addictive mindset, and even when we stop, it's telling us, oh, go do it one more time, or you deserve it, or you earned it, or you lost weight, or you've been dry for a month, you know, it's telling you all these things. And you have to learn that that's not you, 
that has nothing to do with you. That's just that part of the addiction in the mind that's trying to get you to go back. Yeah. Instead of forward. Yep. And those addictions are sneaky little buggers, right? Like they know how to make us feel good in that moment. And, you know, I think for most people too, you feel good in that moment, but then later you might feel bad. Like you might have a hangover or you might have a sugar crash or whatever guilt about spending money, whatever it is, you know, like you feel good in that moment, but then later you don't feel so good usually. So right, that's exactly right. And what I try to teach people is, do you want to feel good for a few moments or do you want to feel good all the time? Uh, as a recovering person, my spouse self, I can tell you, I feel good all the time. Even when something really uncomfortable is happening, I'm embracing that as an opportunity. And I still feel good, even though I might feel sad, I might feel scared, I might feel angry. Um, those are very fleeting and temporary uh, passages. And there are indications that I can grow through this. So it doesn't have to be like, it's a bad thing. It's all good. And so I asked them, you want to feel good for the moment? Or do you want to feel good all the time? You want to feel, you want to have this relationship with something that you think you love? Or do you actually want to have relationships that you are loved and you do love? And so once we make those transitional passages, um, we recognize that that same voice that said, go back, have that drink. You've been, you had, it's been eight years since you had a drink or five years or whatever. You know, you you don't have a problem here. You would have been, you wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, And then the minute you do it and you wake up with that hangover in the morning and, oh my God, why did I drink so much last night? That same voice that talked you into having that drink after five years is the same voice that will call you an idiot for doing it. Mm hmm. Why did you do that? Why did you eat all that? Or why did you drink that? Or why did you pick up that first cigarette? You idiot. That's exactly what it does to you after it talked you into doing it. So once we get onto this part of our brain, it it's like the it's like that person who keeps talking you into going back with them and they keep beating you up. You finally right. realize, uh, I don't think so. This isn't working. This isn't working. I don't want to listen to this anymore. Exactly. So Donna, tell us a little bit more about your book, The Healing Moment, um, and what readers can anticipate to find in the book. So The Healing Moment is, uh, the best way I can describe it is, you, you described it better than I could right now. When you said, you realized wait a minute, I had, I had a, a brain injury. I'm trying to heal. Why am I putting this toxin in my brain? That is a perfect healing moment because we get these messages all the time. We are always getting the messages. Maybe you want to do this. Maybe you want to take this positive risk. You know, Maybe you want to make that phone call. Maybe you want to forgive someone. Maybe you want to question why you're continuing to smoke cigarettes. Or maybe you should try this or maybe you should. We're always getting those little wonderful nudges or those questions that come out of nowhere into our mind. That's the voice of love within each of us. We all have it. So the healing moment is when we hear that call or we hear that voice or we hear that suggestion and we respond in a positive way to it. Life 
changes. It's like being in a dark room all your life and suddenly you find the light switch and you have the courage like you did. You had the courage to turn it on and listen and and think about that. That's the healing moment. That's when everything changes for the better. That's when you reconnect to your truest self. That's when you find your purpose, why you're here. That's when all your whole life makes sense, the good and the bad, because it's all transformed into your purpose and your reason. So Donna, our listeners can find your book at your website, which is Dr. Donna Marks, that's D-R for Dr. Donna Marks. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can find a clickable link in the show notes. Um, But you can find The Healing Moment along with Donna's other books. You have several other books. And what else uh, can they find on your website? Well, we have have private memberships where they can uh, attend a free webinar every month. And they have a total resource of all the blogs that I've written. I think there's like over a hundred now. We've got all our podcasts and radio and TV shows on there. So there's just a, a wealth of information, not only from me, but from other people to help people to really regain their true selves. It's not just about addiction. It's about reconnecting to who you are and why you're here. And so uh, we, we want to offer all that. Uh, there's a lot of free things on there, but there's also a private membership, very uh, inexpensive subscription for people who want more. Wonderful. Well, Donna, thank you so much for being here today and taking the time to share with our listeners. I th- I'm, it's been a pleasure and thank you for having me on your show. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you have enjoyed today's episode. And please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you're listening to help others on their own wellness journey discover this podcast. Also, be sure to head to mnyogalife.com and join our email list to stay in the know of local events, recent podcasts, the Minnesota Yoga Conference, and so much more. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day and I will see you in the next episode.